1: friends. Thank you for joining me today here on this episode of WCN-TV. I am your host, Pastor Mike Spaulding. Uh, I want to call your attention before we uh, start chatting with uh, our guest today to the conference, the uh, Wisconsin Christian News Conference that's coming up this weekend, uh, Friday the 14th and Saturday the 15th. A great pushback against the great reset. There's still time to register. There you see the Flyer on the screen. Some of the speakers that are going to be there. Um, This is going to be a very, very powerful and impactful conference gathering of like-minded folks. You can go to CoachDaveLive.com, buy your tickets there, Um, and I believe they're $69 for the weekend. So that's a that's a very good uh, price for for this kind of a conference. I encourage you to go do that uh, right now. So thank you, producer, for putting that up there. My guest today is uh, Reverend James Harden. We're going to be talking about his work in the pro-life movement and uh, some information from this book, Ethical Standards and Ethical Theory and Pertinent Standards in Women's Reproductive Health. Boy, there's a a misnomer, if there ever was one, women's reproductive health. Boy, did they pull the wool over some people's eyes on that. I won't get into the commentary. I want to. But anyway, 84% of women who choose to have an abortion later say they did not receive adequate counseling beforehand. No big surprise. An overwhelming majority of these women felt pressured by others to terminate their pregnancy. I wish somebody could come up with some somewhat accurate data on the percentage of women who go through uh, with an abortion, but they didn't really want to. It was because of outside pressure and influence. Well, the, the CEO of Com- uh, Compass Care Pregnancy Center, Reverend James Harden, says most women simply don't get the information that they need to make an informed decision about ending the life of their unborn child. He goes on to criticize the poor ethical boundaries between medical advertising and services. He says, and this is a quote, medical advertising should align with basic medical ethics rooted in education, focusing on prevention by encouraging the least invasive options first. I give a hearty amen to that. Educating women about their choices makes a huge difference, says Reverend Jim. Women who go to Planned Parenthood have a 94% abortion rate, while those who come to Compass Care have a 33% abortion rate. So you can do the math, friends. That's 67%. Real education and ethical considerations, not... Indoctrination makes all the difference toward life choices. Jim, it's great to have you back on WCNTP. Thank you for joining me today, Doctor Mike. It's great to be with you. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely fantastic book. I I uh, looked through it, looked at it, especially some of the 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 end matter that uh, really can be can be printed out. And and I'm wondering, uh, are these documents? Uh, available? If, if someone, uh, gets this book, they look through this and said, wow, I would really like to use these in our uh, pro-life ministry. Are they available through, through, uh, Compass Care?
2: Yes. as Well, as a matter of fact, they can go to a website. Um, I believe, um, it was up here recently, uh, the Commission for Reproductive Health Service Standards, um, Physicians for Reproductive, um, I don't know how, how it's defined there in the, in the script, but you can actually download those appendices if you're interested and you you can actually download a a PDF version of the book, but I mean, you you held up the book. I don't actually have a copy. Um, (laughs) Yeah. That's, it looks nice.
1: It's very nice.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So there, there it is right there. So you can actually go and, and, and download and use those appendices. If for example, you're a, a physician office or, uh, a pregnancy center that provides medical care to women seriously considering abortion. Um, these are, you know, you know, fantastic resources to create policies and procedures, and and basi- and basically um, give give the, the confidence to the medical clinician uh, that that they're they've got the moral high ground. A lot of a lot of doctors are kind of in a go along get along mentality, and they're being bullied into thinking that they have to refer or provide for abortions, and that is just flat, untrue um, you know physicians have a right to their own conscience and um, actually women do too. and so what you described on the lead up women since 1973 that that the, there has been a the wool pulled over the eyes a fast one has been um, you know pulled on, on on the medical community and on the on patients across uh, women across the country 1973 Roe versus Wade um, was about medical ethics. I know that sounds strange, uh, because you know, in fact, it, it was a constitutional argument about whether or not a, a preborn boy or a girl is protected under the law. Um, but uh, really, the argument had to do with choice—a woman's choice—and um, they made abortion. Uh, you know, they presumed that abortion was a medical, you know, treatment option. Well, first of all, abortion is not a medical treatment option. It's never been considered medicine or, or it's always been considered quackery, according to true Western Hippocratic medicine. And we can talk more about that in a second. But, but also the, the, the medical kind of ethics that undergird the delivery of medical care by the professionals um, you know, takes into, into account multiple different um, ideas or ethical concepts, one of them being autonomy, patient autonomy. And, you know, kind of the ability for a patient to know all of her options, uh, to, to be educated about all the risks and side effects, and to, to have a, a, a circumstances that are totally uncoerced so that she can be truly free to make a truly informed choice. The ability for a woman to say no to any given treatment option is key to an ethical decision. And that's not what's being provided. That's not what's being touted as, 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 what, uh, as choice. What the, what the abortionists mean by choice and what this was argued in, the, in, in 1973 is just give the patient whatever she wants, give her whatever she wants. what irrespective of, of informed consent, irrespective of human dignity, patient autonomy the, they, they totally uh, redefined patient autonomy, called it choice and said this was the queen of all medical ethical concepts which of course uh, you know totally undermines uh, the medical community's integrity. Uh, that's, that's not how the medical community works.
1: Yes, yes, that absolutely right. So I, I did mention, um, in the, uh, in the intro, the monologue, um, run up to, to this conversation that, um, in, in this, you, you cite a study that says 84% of American women who have had abortions don't believe they had adequate counseling right beforehand. And, um, I don't want to be unfair, Jim, but I think that um, this is intentional and deliberate on the on on the part of those who advocate for abortion because they know if if balanced and fair information is given. um, That most women are going to choose to keep their baby is you think that's an accurate statement? Oh, without a doubt. That's
2: that's perfectly accurate. That's the data shows that the medical journal, the medical journal studies show it. Um, it is unethical, you know, it borders on an unethical for a specialist to advertise a medical specialist to advertise for their services, um, without the context of continuity of care. It's a, me- a medical ethical concept where the, the doctor has a, a relationship with the patient and can understand, um, who the patient is, what the circumstances are, and, and to, to be able to help the patient navigate the decision-making process for a, a particular treatment option. When a woman faces an unplanned pregnancy and she's considering abortion, she is not told the risks and side effects. Uh, in fact, uh, she's not being told. In fact, th- th- there's this propaganda campaign out there to ignore the journal articles, the, medical, the peer-reviewed mm-hmm. medical journal articles that have, that have come out worldwide saying that, for example, a woman who has an abortion, uh, increases her risk of breast cancer by forty-four percent,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and it goes up with every single abortion. What's that's called a dose effect? Every single abortion increases her relative risk of getting breast cancer. She's not being told this. Um, for ex- another one is um, uh, a woman who has an abortion increases her her risk of future preterm deliveries, which mm-hmm. you know co- includes morbidity for the for the for the child, mortality for the child. Um, she increases her risk of of future preterm deliveries by 52%. Again, dose effect. So the more abortion she has, the higher her risk. That's just the first abortion. So um, they're not being told that that, uh, they're they're 80 80 plus percent more likely to get a negative health diagnosis after getting an abortion. They're not being told this. Um, Over half of all abortions right now in America are chemical abortion. We, we, chemical abortions are so dangerous. It's, uh, it's been dubbed the chemical coat hanger, believe it or not. Um, But they're being told, and I'm not kidding you, they're being told that it's safer than Tylenol. And yet there's, there's sepsis, there's hemorrhaging, there's pelvic inflammatory disease, which, which causes internal scarring, uh, future ectopic pregnancies. Um, They're not being diagnosed, but they're sending these women, these pills in the mail, no physician oversight. It's against the law. In every mm-hmm. state, by the way, yep. and uh, you know, it's just uh, it's it's a fraud being perpetrated on women uh, because uh, they're interested in protecting the abortion industry and not and not a woman's health. This is quackery. I, I you know I, I'm going on here, but I could, I could start preaching the the, the original. <laughs> forgive me, but the original Hippocratic oath, you know, the oath that doctors would take before they started practicing medicine independently. Mm-hmm. It said it says, in part. I will not give a woman an abortive remedy. Yes. Think about that for a second. Of yeah. all the things that they could put in the Hippocratic Oath to make physicians uh, take before they start practicing medicine independently, why would they put that in there? For thousands of years, doctors would take this oath. I will not give a woman an abortive remedy. Uh, essentially, what it means is this. The purpose of medicine is to heal and to maintain the health of the patient. And when a fa- when a physician is serving a pregnant woman, he's serving two patients, the woman and the baby. And so uh, t- to heal and to maintain the health of the patient, the, you know, abortion doesn't do either one of those t- two things for either the woman or the baby. In fact, it does the opposite. So what abortion represents is the original quackery. It is not medicine. Medicine and med- medical technology and the knowledge that's in the head of the doctor should be used for one purpose, and that is for the benefit of the patient and for the ben- benefit of society. Never, never for, the, for hastening the demise or for, for ending the life of, of a patient intentionally.
1: Never yes yes that's right and and I would encourage those who have joined us today, Jim, to do their own research on this and and especially you you mentioned um pharmaceutical um, uh pills and things of that nature yeah. um if if you go back and you and you do the research friends on on the pill and its development uh, started all the way back in the in the late fifties uh, early sixties. Um, the manufacturers of those very early contraceptive pills understood that there, there were some severe health risks associated Mm -hmm. with them. And yet they, they were given the green light uh, by the FDA. Um, And I did some research and writing on this recently, Jim, is why I'm bringing this up um, to include uh, some of the, some of the symptoms that you've already, that you've already mentioned. Uh, to include severe um, depression, yep, suicide, um, and uh, they they actually had Senate hearings on on the pill, and I think it was I'm going to name a year, I think it was nineteen sixty nine but friends you can go research this yourself. So they knew the dangers of these things before they even put them out there, and yet they did it anyway. and yeah. uh, there, there there are there are documents on file. you can find them. Um, where where the U.S. Senate had a hearing and brought all these people in, and they had no explanation other than they were pretty much coerced to do it. Now, that speaks to me, Jim, about the fraudulent uh, phrase that they use to try and cover this, re- women's reproductive health. This isn't about health at all, is it? No, no. Well, one of the things that
2: the pro-abortion, you know, that these, these pro-abortion politicians in charge of the Democratic Party love to do is to take words and change the definitions to mean the opposite. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got, you know, for example, um, you know, women's reproductive health. It's not about women. It's not about their reproductive health. It's about accomplishing a public health objective that they have in their mind. This yeah. is about population control. Yes. Um, not just uh, in terms of controlling the, the the numbers of the population, but it's about controlling the health outcomes of the population that's currently existing. So, you know, this is this is part of the problem. And I wrote about this in the, in, in, in my book. Part of the problem is when when, when medicine gives up the its purview um, with with, re- with respect to its its relationship to society, then government steps in and be, and the primary relationship m- moves from the doctor patient relationship to the doctor-government relationship. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you've got uh, the government beginning to use medicine as a tool to accomplish political objectives instead of the health of the patient. And so the government steps in and begins to use medical terminology uh, in, in order to garner mass support. So they they they, they manipulate the population into thinking one thing, uh, when in fact it's certainly accomplishing the opposite. So women's reproductive health, no, it's not about that. It's about controlling uh, the, the the population. You know, hormonal contraception, as you just described, is um, is a misnomer. It's not hormones. It's synthetic steroids nice. uh, that are 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 flooding a woman's system. They didn't do their due diligence. They're still not doing their due diligence. For example, the morning after pill, it's a fifty x dose of this steroidal contraception. they They didn't do any, you know, toxicology studies on whether and how it was going to impact the the, the reproductive health of of, of a of a, of, a, of a girl of a developing uh, girl. Um, it's 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 uh, it's carcinogenic. Um, you know, there's 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 so much wrong with it, and they're not telling these women that it causes um, obesity, that it causes um, you know uh, seizures and 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 uh, and these kinds of things. So, you know, women women are 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 at the mercy of these physicians who are just not doing their job, they're being they're being told to to do certain things and to engage in certain kinds of, of, uh, of activities relative to their patient base and their patient population. They otherwise they're going to be penalized um, with respect to, say, their reimbursement rates. That's one of the reasons why all the physicians and, and physician organizations, um, you know, are, are, are required to have electronic medical record systems, because the, when when Obamacare was passed. Um, while it didn't actually force physicians to do certain things, it did control the purse strings and and how physicians were reimbursed. And uh, so if they don't, if they don't comply, say with, for for example, with a certain percentage vaccination rate for their children that they, that they have uh, in their roles, then their reimbursement rates get dinged and they don't get as much money. Um, So, you know, and so they're forcing these physicians to act outside of their conscience and and even act outside of what's what's right for the patient. There may be a patient that says, "I don't want it," or maybe a patient that where where something is contraindicated. Uh, if, if the patient should not receive this particular treatment protocol, and it doesn't matter because the the government can't make those distinctions. They're just they're ham-handed. Um, but it's not the job of government to decide what services are provided to which patients. It's the government. Uh, it's, it's, it's the doctor's decision. It's the, it's the medical community's decision. It's called distributive justice. It's another medical um, ethical category within the doctor society relationship. There's two basic relationships. I know I'm going on, but there's two basic relationships that medicine has in society. The doctor patient relationship, which is primary, and then the doctor society relationship, which is somewhat secondary. And that includes how, you know, medicine is distributed to society. Um, now the government's taken over that job.
0: Mm-hmm. Another,
2: another aspect of the doctor society relationship is the physicians and the medical community are responsible for educating the next generation of physician. And again, a lot of that's been co-opted by the government too. So, you know, we, we're, we're in a situation now where uh, the government has stepped in to a, to a, to an area that they're not familiar with and are beginning to leverage medical care, as a tool to control the population and several levels. And we're seeing that happening all across the country. And this most recent uh, and very terrible thing that happened with, with vaccinations, people are losing their job, uh, but they are being forced, mm-hmm. uh, forced out of their jobs because the, med- the the government was saying, you, you, you have to get this, this vaccination. You have to, I call it medical rape. When mm-hmm. you're forcing, mm-hmm. forcing someone to, to, you're forcing the the, the, the violation of somebody's physical person, to receive something inside their physical person that they don't want. That's called medical rape. So, you know, we, we've, we, the medical system has lost her soul. I believe that just like America is, has lost her soul. She no longer understands who she is. And I, I told Edmund Pellegrino this. Edmund Pellegrino is the father of modern medical ethics. He was out of Georgetown university. He was one of my mentors. And uh, I told him this, I, I, I came to him with this, with this manuscript. And he said, what, what do I, what do you, what do you want me to do for you, Jim? And I said, well, I believe medicine's lost her soul. <laughs> and I'm just, you know, I'm just some guy, you know, he doesn't know me from anybody. But he's you know, he's very gracious. And he was, he, he sat, he sat back in his chair and he was holding his, he was holding his hands like I'm holding mine right now, with the, with kind of like a triangular position. He's like this, yeah. Um, with his fingers, he puts them up against his chin like this, and he's looking at me. And then he leans back and he says, I agree. How how can I help? Smile. And uh <laughs> That's where that's 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 how this book was born.
1: Yes. Amen. Well, what you just described, Jim, and uh, rather, rather perfectly, in my opinion, is is the fact that we've seen a a shift in in America. Um, Medical science mirrors the society in which it exists and because of its oath and, and stated goals, which you've already um, mentioned, they're not following anymore. Yep. It used to be that human life was sacred. There yeah. was a, There was an ethos of the sanctity of life, and we would do everything we could to protect and to heal and all of these things. But because of several external factors, you mentioned the government reimbursement rates and and so on and so forth. Plus, that older generation of doctors have now passed from the scene or are retiring, and now up are coming uh, doctors that simply do not have that same uh, medical ethical perspective. And so, what we're left with is really a a tsunami of of wickedness and, and I don't think that's too strong of a phrase to use. a tsunami of wickedness is washing over our land, especially in this area because now, as you know, there are a lot of states that are fighting organizations that have come into their states and trying to to establish constitutional amendments that that prohibits The uh, restriction of abortions and Ohio is one of those states. We've got organizations that are very, very pro murdering children that are trying to come in and convince Ohioans that that's the way to go. Wisconsin, I think, just had a Supreme Court decision uh, in favor of the abortionists. So this is this is real time, real life warfare over the sanctity of life, isn't it?
2: Yes, it is. Um, and this was um, a tsunami, hundreds of probably 100 years in the making, you mm-hmm. know, when we stepped away from um, God as a country and in the modern West. I'm not just I'm not just blaming the United States. Um, it changed the formula because no longer do we see ourselves as made just a little lower than God. We see ourselves as made just a little higher than the animals. And because of that, there can be no shared common core values. There can be no um, human dignity per se. Uh, I mean, we 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 are the ones who assign our value to ourselves. Mm. If we are made in the image of God, then what does that mean? Would you rather have a doctor? Let's just assume for a second that there's that one doctor that doesn't believe in God and that believes that, you know, the human being is just, um, you know, uh, a set of biochemical reactions that are largely accidental versus another physician who says, Oh, this human, this is a human being. This is, this is more than just the physical. This is a person that believes things that behaves according to those beliefs and that is made to reflect the very image and nature of God almighty. Mm -hmm. Which one would you prefer to treat you knowing that they have the same background, the same education, which one is more likely to treat you with dignity? Which one's more likely to treat you with respect? Which one's more likely to honor your um, your autonomy and inform you and educate you? You know, the root word for doctor is Latin, and it means to teach. That's what it means. And what is a physician but a doctor who teaches you about yourself and and helps you make decisions that are consistent with with who you are? And what is abortion? Abortion is basically a fundamental misunderstanding about what it means to be human, under God. Uh, we we are we are made in His image. Uh, And 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 so when we step away from God, we open ourselves up to a barbaric culture where every man does what is right in his own eyes, like in in the the days of the judges Um, and and chaos ensues. And when chaos ensues, the government is, is forced to have to step in and arbitrate between competing core values. And so when Roe versus Wade was was ruled on back in 1973, it created a fake right a fake right to abortion. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and when Dobbs came along back in June, uh, June 24th last year, uh, it's the, it basically said as soon as Roe was ruled, it was on a collision course with the constitution. You know, one, some of our founding documents are basically, you know, one of the declaration of independence. We are endowed by our creator with, by our creator, not by our government with right. certain, inalienable rights, which means that these are rights that we have because of who we are as humans, not because of what our government says, uh, that it should give us. Mm -hmm. And so when we extract God, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a vacuum there and who's going to step into that God vacuum. It's going to be government every time. Uh, so, so we should be very leery, uh, as believers, as Christians specifically, uh, because we, by, by God's Sovereign decree, he put us in a representative republic where we are uh, a government by the people for the people. We have a responsibility, a duty, a Christian duty, according to scripture in Romans, uh, to step in and speak out, to be that prophetic voice and that prophetic presence that says, look, every single human being is equally valuable. Uh, it is not the government's job to decide who qualifies as a person under the law and who does not qualify as a person under the law. It's the government's job to make sure that all people are equally protected. Uh, that's it. And make sure that human blood is not shed. And and instead, what's happening is there's this collusion between culture and government to disqualify certain categories of human beings from protection of the law in order to enslave them, in this case, with respect to abortion, destroy them. Uh, So, you know, those that seek to protect all human life are being treated now like second-class citizens. And uh, that's what we're seeing. That's that's why we're we're seeing firebombings happening at our facilities and and uh, and death threats from this pro-abortion terrorist group, James Revenge, and a refusal on the part of you know, law enforcement like the FBI and the DOJ to uh, to to actually pursue investigations and, and and make arrests and indict these people. Uh, so, you know, we're we're in a we're in a new day in America. And I think America has to make a decision about who we are. Uh, we, we are fighting right now against there's basically two worldviews uh, at odds. And we're seeing that played out in medicine. And in education, and in you know every aspect of government, and we we, we are uh, we're we're on a precipice right now, and uh, I'm, I'm we're I'm just wondering whether or not we're going to be we're just gonna walk right off the edge as a country.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, so true, Jim, and I. I just the the irony of the times in which we live. You mentioned the FBI, the DOJ refusing to investigate, mm-hmm. uh, certainly uh, arrest anyone who is. Um, terrorizing pro-life facilities, um, and I, and I just I just find that unbelievable that the average American citizen misses misses the the double standard, the double speak, the the irony in this situation. Uh, pro-life people are told all the time, "Stop politicizing this issue," and yet that's exactly. What our government is doing by refusing to practice justice and to do what is right under the law concerning pro-life folks. Now, I I was thinking about um, Nazi Germany and the atrocities that went on there um, concerning the sanctity of life and how anyone that they considered to be expendable was uh, done away with. They were they were murdered. They were sent to concentration camps and, and worked to death. Um, if, if you happened to be of a different political persuasion, then you disappeared. Um, abortions were were applauded and even insisted upon. There were so many things mm-hmm. that the government of, of uh, Hitler insisted on for the citizens of Germany. It's almost like it's deja vu. We're seeing that again. Only this time it's the American government pushing all of this. Yes, it is
2: a little deja vu. In fact, when we were firebombed on June 7th last year in Buffalo, um, you know, we talked about this before, but half a million dollars of damage, two firefighters were injured. I was standing outside the facility during the press conference um, that morning and it was raining and a smoldering facility behind me. And I said, this is the face of the abortion industry. This is the face. This is that they, they are violent. The abortion is violence and they're going to use violence to protect it. Um, and uh, I, I called it the the, the pro-abortion Kristallnacht. Mm. Kristallnacht is, of course, you you know, the uh, German word for broken glass at night. And Kristallnacht was the 1938 kind of watershed moment where, where the brown shirts in Nazi Germany went out in the middle of the night in November and started, uh, breaking the glass of Jewish owned businesses and lighting fires in those businesses. And the, the violence tipped into the general population, into the Jewish population because of two reasons, a, a lack of public outcry and a refusal on the part of the political elite to denounce the violence. Mm-hmm. And, and when I said, this is the pro abortion crystal Knock, it was only the second firebombing. Now there's been over 300 attacks, 300 and no convictions, none. So, you know, I had, I had media, um, People looking at me like, really, you're gonna compare this to a crystal knock? I mean, come on. I'm like, well, let, well, let's see. Let's see. I went on Jesse Waters and I said, This is this is a pro-abortion crystal knock. He said, I don't think it's all that bad. Well, look, these people are our private investigators had to, had, had to go in and, and do some do some work because the FBI refused to talk to us about it. We had to file a lawsuit against the police department to, to get our video surveillance back because they refused to let us even see it. We just got it back last Thursday. It's been 305 days. Um, wh- why are they slow walking this? Uh, you know, you look at uh, what happened with with Nazi Germany um, and in Kristallnacht. The same thing's happening in America today. The yeah. pro abortion, the pro abortion elite are refusing to denounce the violence. There was a, a House Resolution number three that came out in 118th Congress this year. That simply, it wasn't about abortion. It was simply, would you agree to denounce the violence? That was all it was. Remember this?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Denounce the violence against yep. pro life organizations and the the the, the pro abortion. Uh, Kind of Democrats voted in lockstep. Yeah. It was a pure, and and they they refused to denounce the violence, plain and simple. And you look at look at the look at the liberal media. New York Times refuses to carry it. CNN refuses to carry it. I did an interview with CNN. They refused to air it. I mean, this is this is this is the what we're facing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christians, this is a shot across the bow of the, the, this these attacks on pro life organizations. It's not about abortion. I said this before. I'll say it again. It's about what abortion gives. The political elite mm-hmm. what abortion represents is the ability to decide who lives and who dies that is absolute power. that's right and it's, it's if they have the power to decide uh, who lives and who dies which categories of person they can disqualify for protection of the law as a slippery slope and and who's next but the people that stand in their way who happen to differ with them and that's why I have advocated for uh, the, the disciplinary action against the FBI and DOJ uh, we're looking at them and saying look they are they are political appointees. Um, they are doing the doing doing the muscle work of of a, of a political narrative coming from the Biden administration, and they are politicized heavily, heavily politicized. Um, they're they're they need to be. Uh, I said back in August they need to be defunded. Now Trump just came out last week saying they need to be defunded, and and Chuck Schumer wants to wants to have a a, a resolution on the Senate floor uh, denouncing the the, the the even the idea of defunding the federal. Uh, in law enforcement, but what do they want to do? They want to defund. Lo- they want to defund local police, and that's where the the funding should actually go. Local police. But when when we you, 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 we ought to scratch our head and wonder why these these uh, pro abortion political elite want to send more money to their uh, to their federal law enforcement that they have total control over that that they're clearly using uh, to enforce their political narrative. Uh, it's it's it's. The FBI has basically been turned into the Biden administration's Maoist Red Guard. That's how we're seeing it. They're attacking. They're they're, they're using all the power of, fe- of federal law enforcement to investigate pro-life people and to uh, arrest them and indict them. But, mm-hmm. and, and, and I say what well, people say, well, that's not true. Whistleblowers are coming out of the FBI saying they did. Well, J- Joe Biden himself signed an executive order on July 8th to asking Mayor Garland to look into the fraudulent what he called the fraudulent practices of pregnancy centers. They complied on July 12th, creating the reproductive health task force to look into what they called quote, anti-abortion activity. Now you've got, you've got, uh, uh, you've got whistleblowers coming out of the FBI saying, yes, in fact, they did create a threat uh, tag for what they called people, who, pro-life adherents, people who believe or adhere to pro-life beliefs. And they also said they are encouraging people to look into what they call pregnancy centers, us. Okay. When we were attacked, we were firebombed on June 7th. Six days later, New York Governor Kathy Hochul signed a bill to investigate not the arsonists, but the pregnancy centers. We've got uh, Hillary Clinton saying that we're likening us to Al Qaeda terrorists. We've got Elizabeth Warren saying that we're terrorizing women and that we're harming them and that we're lying to them. We've got Senator Hirano out of H- Hawaii uh, making a literal call to arms to pro abortion people against pro life people. This is a shot across the bow of Christianity. Yes. and modern civilization and i've been i've been saying this is a wake-up call people this is a wake-up call i mean we we're we, we've just been going about our job we, we we serve what do we do we just provide medical care that's all we do why why have we drawn the ire of of pro-abortion terrorists and and pro-abortion politicians and i believe it's because uh of what we what we believe what we believe what christians pro-life christians believe is the one thing that stands between freedom and tyranny. And I'll tell you what it is. It's that we believe that all people are made in the image of God and equally valuable, Yes. equally valuable, deserving of equal protection under the law. That stands in the way of tyranny. And, yes. and, and, and we're saying this is this, this needs to be instantiated, incarnated throughout all of civilization. And they're saying, no, we want control over you. And that's why they've co-opted <laughs> medicine, because they can control our bodies through medicine.
1: Yes, yeah. I agree with that wholeheartedly, Jim. And I I see it as a it's a big shell game right now, you know, which 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 hand has the ball and they're they're moving it yep. all around and they're so they're trying to distract people. Um because in in my view, um scientific advancements have proved beyond a shadow of a doubt when life begins. Yes. You, well, Heartbeat bills all over the place uh, mm-hmm. are being are being uh, passed and, and implemented in the states. The reason that the FBI, the DOJ, the Biden administration, any all, and all these folks that you just mentioned are rabid uh, progressive Marxists. They used to go under the name Democrat, but they're all progressive Marxist friends. They are understand yes. that first of all, they they cannot tolerate the idea. That somebody is going to try and pull their thumb off of the back of somebody's or their boot off of the back of somebody's neck. And we can live our lives with freedom and liberty. And we can have a a peaceful and compassionate and loving culture that nurtures life and not destroys it. That, that is uh, anathema to what these people believe. And they're clearly trying to push this agenda and and let me conclude this rant with with this, Jim, and I'll toss it back to you. <laughs> they want America in ashes. They want us under their control. This idea of a Republican form of government, they cannot tolerate that. They want fascism at the at the least, which is now they're they're hiding that under under democracy. which which was never the intention of the founding fathers, by the way, folks. Democracy was never the intention. It was a republic, a republican form of government, a rule of law, which was already set forth a constitution to govern. But what these people desire is for America to be in flames so that they can build it back. I refuse to use the word better build it back in their image, which is they're our masters. End of yeah. rant.
2: But, you know, it's funny. Um, I don't see that as a rant. I see that as facts because, and I, and I don't say that just because I, it's my opinion. What you just described, doctor, is um, is exactly what our private investigators have found relative to uh, this this pro-abortion um, terrorism that's going on in America. Um I didn't know much about Antifa until we were attacked by them. Um, and what, I, what we found is that Antifa, again, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but it, Antifa represents the word an, anti, anti-fascism. And what, what the, you know, what how they what define fascism is based on the Marxist-Leninist definition of fascism, and that's capitalism. So they're anti-capitalism because they're Marxists. Yep. and this is a antifa is a multinational um communist insurgency movement it's happening yep. all across the globe right now south america and europe it's everywhere um and uh you know it's in england the torch network we've got hubs l- of activity in portland oregon in buffalo in places in vermont uh, all across the country and um and so their goal you know so what they do and here's how they here's how they work it's uh rich higgins this is a former Uh, Pentagon irregular warfare expert. Um, He basically said, look, this is called fourth generation warfare. There's first generation, second generation, third generation, different ways of engaging warfare. If you look throughout history, warfare has changed. Well, now we're in what's called fourth generation warfare. And Antifa is using this kind of warfare. Al Qaeda -Qaeda has picked it up and they used fourth generation warfare to bring down Somalia. And so what happens is what they do is they go in and they recruit um, disaffected left-wing extremist groups by uh, capitalizing on their pet uh, you know, extremism, say pro-abortion, or transgenderism, or um, environmentalism. So they recruit these people by encouraging, um, ac- you know, activities, protests, counter-protests relative to their particular pet uh, concern. Ca- you know, for example, um, you know, uh, Stop Cop City was a lot of environmentalists. Um, you know, the, the 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 overturning of Roe versus Wade with the Dobbs case, all these pro-abortion folks. Um, <clears throat> but you get the transgenders are all mixing in. So, um, they, what they do is they, they create these ide- these 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 protests. They f- what they foment what's called a direct action. They embed the the these protests or counter protests with um, violent aggressors. And then once they get to the the point of direct action, they'll foment um, agitation in the crowd, and then they become violent. Uh, we saw this with BLM riots. Uh, we're seeing this with pro abortion um, you know activity at, you know counter protests with um, pro life. You know things like pro-life walks, like we saw in in Buffalo back in 2021. Very violent people, and here's their goal. Um, their goals, and I'm reading from a Jane's Revenge communique after a firebombing. Okay, this is their words. We fight not just for abortion rights, but for trans liberation, ecological harmony, decolonization, the destruction of white supremacy and capitalism, and the uprooting of the entire global civilization. Specifically, designing designed to pave the way for a global Maoist communism. These are this is their goal, and um, they've got they've got people uh, that um, are are engaging this, and they come in waves, waves, and and, and every wave adds to the recruitment in their ranks. Um, they're being trained by the John Brown, John Brown Gun Club, the Fugit Sound Gun Club, and they're they're they get to the point where they they reach critical mass, and the wave becomes a flood. And and it destabilizes the entire civilization or the, the particular civilized order in that region. And they take it over, just like we saw with these sovereign uh, sovereign sa- sovereign states and sovereign areas. Um, this is a clear and present um, insurgency in the United States of America. The FBI is not talking about it. The DOJ is not talking about it. And I believe the reason why they're not talking about it and why they're not talking about how the, the attacks on prank centers and churches um, is Antifa related is because there's Antifa sympathizers within the DOJ and the FBI. And I don't just say that because it's my opinion. Again, I'm saying this because all you have to do is find out who's responsible for investigating crimes, violent crimes against pro life organizations like Compass Care. And it's the uh, Civil Rights Division in the DOJ. Okay, fine. Who's in charge of the Civil Rights Division in the DOJ? Kristen Clark. Kristen Clark, well, who is who is she? She is a known supporter of BLM Antifa. She's a known uh, supporter of defunding the local police, and she is a very outspoken critic. She is vehemently opposed to pro-life pregnancy centers. It's on her own Twitter account. We've got, it all, we've got it all documented. There is clear and classic conflict of interest within the DOJ, and Merrick Garland is running cover for her, lying to the Senate Judiciary Committee, saying that they're you know, enforcing the law equally. They are not. This is, they're, they're flat out ignoring uh, so that so that people don't draw the draw the draw the dots and make the connections. But this attack on the on the on the on the Christian school in Nashville was a transgender a woman a woman pretending to be a man, and it's all connected. The 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 the, the attacks on pro life organizations, the attacks on Christians, the churches, the attacks on the Christian schools. It's just going to get worse until people stand up and start realizing this is a this is a communist revolution that's going on right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. That's exactly right, Jim. You 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 nailed that one. Um, and I remember a day I'm old enough to to remember when politicians wouldn't dare <laughs> state an opinion or or certainly post anything. Of course, social media didn't exist yeah, back but, then, but but wouldn't dare even even in a private conversation uh, admit that they supported organizations that were violent, uh, extremist, terrorists. Uh, leftists whose whose desire stated stated objective is to destroy the government of the united states and yet that's who we have in in key positions in our government so I do. I do. that begs the question i guess jim um what are some of the things that that churches can that that pastors can do beyond just having these kinds of very, very candid, blunt conversations with, with their, their church bodies Um, because we, we are, we are behind the times in in rallying the troops and getting up to speed on what's what we're facing today. So what would you suggest for Christians that maybe uh, they've joined us today for this conversation what would you encourage them to go speak with their pastor about? And what would they say?
2: Well, that is a—that's <laughs> the million-dollar question. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, Jesus talked about how things were going to get get bad toward the end. Yeah. Uh, Paul talks about it to Timothy: things are going to proceed from bad to worse. Um, the Bible talks about endurance. Uh, he who endures to the end will be saved. Talks about uh, if you look at the the letters to the seven churches in the Book of Revelation. Paul, I mean, John, the revelator, uh, says, I am your fellow, you know, partaker in the tribulation. And, he, and, and each one of those letters to the seven churches talks about overcoming, enduring, persevering to the end, being courageous in the face of tremendous opposition, even unto death. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to, so we, we serve the King of Kings. We serve the Lord of Lords. That's a very political title for our God. Um, Jesus Christ is the King of Kings. He sits on the throne and everyone's going to have to answer to him. Everyone's going to have to be judged by his standard, me included. Um, but if we're not found in the shadow of the cross, right. And, you know, for, so Jesus is paying for my sins. Then we're going to be outside of that. And it's going to be a terrible, terrible judgment. But the the thing of it is, is Jesus told us this was going to happen for the purpose of being alert, of being alert of reading mm-hmm. the signs of the times. Jesus was very frustrated with his disciples and, and the people saying, look, you can read the weather. You can tell if the clouds are coming up from the West, it's going to rain. Uh, you, you can tell if the cloud, if the winds come out of the South is going to be hot. Why don't you, why can't you read the signs of the times? Yes. Look, look at the moral winds in the, in, in, in the clouds that are developing around us. We are, we are heading into what you described doc as a moral tsunami. Yes, we are. And, 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 in order to, to endure in order to persevere we have to go in with our eyes wide open this is the this is the beauty of being a believer one of the, there's so many great things about being a christian but one of them is that we can see the world for the way it really is we can see ourselves for who we really are we can see god for who he is we can see right we our eyes are open we are sons of the light sons of the day we are characterized by clarity and and so but the next the, the next thing here is while we can see the the brutal reality and it is brutal we still have hope because we know we know we serve a great god he is our protector and he is our provider and all we have to do all we have to do is seek for his kingdom and his righteousness now that's a simple thing but it's very very hard yes. very hard especially yes. when your 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 uh, your relationships with your family's at risk your job's at risk your 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 reputation's at risk i mean all these things are real uh and, and Christians have had to deal with this throughout the ages. And, uh, and, and, and he didn't say it was going to get easier. You know, I, I heard a pastor talk, uh, he's preaching a sermon just a couple weeks ago, and he's talking about how, you know, it would have been so think about how much different it would have been if this, uh, this woman pretending to be a man, uh, was, re, you know, was extended grace. He's essentially blaming the victims for being victimized by it. Right. That's what he's doing. Wow. Um, you know, it, it's an unfortunate reality that, that pastor's, are 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 not looking at Scripture as the the ultimate truth, but but taking a, a cultural lens and saying, well, maybe it's just uh, we, we, you know our fault. Well, sin is sin. We we didn't call, you know we're, you know our we're not the savior, but we we have to continue to speak the truth in love to our fellow Christians, our fellow Christians, and sound the alarm and say, look, it's it, this is not a, a cause to panic. It's a cause to see the world flat on. To see the facts for the way they really are, and to, to to do everything possible to stand firm. And 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 do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, he says in Hebrews 10, such as is the habit of some. But as we see the day drawing near, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll want to meet together more often. We need each other. And so there's so much I think that 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 people can say to their pastors, and pastors can say. Uh, but I, I would say go back to Matthew ch- chapter 24 and 25 and look at what's happening. Go back and read some of the, the works of, of Paul t- to Timothy uh, and, and even the Thessalonians. Go back and, 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 but but strengthen yourself with the vision of the resurrection and the new heaven and the new earth. Because we're, we're working towards something. We are working, the things that we do today in Christ do have eternal impact, eternal impact. We are somehow, some way in the works that we're doing, the power of the Holy Spirit building up the new Jerusalem, whatever that means. I don't know, but it is amazing. Uh, and that's, that's a vision of the future that will help us endure.
1: Amen. Amen. So here's five things I jotted down real quick, Jim, I'm going to give to our viewers, those that joined us today. So uh, number one, invite Jim to speak, invite him to speak, come, come, come to your church, come to your ministry organization, uh, whatever, extend the invitation. You can go to compasscare.com. There is a, uh, contact there i believe and and uh issue the invitation and um i'm sure that jim will consider that uh speak to your pastor about the things that jim and i've been discussing today speak to him about it first you could even send your pastor a link to the show and say listen i know you're busy take time to listen to this show and and see if if the things that that uh, jim was bringing forth uh, resonate if if and you're going to find out they're true um Talk to your family, your friends, your co-workers about what is happening. We just skimmed the surface in this conversation today, friends. Um, search out other believers, other ministries, other churches who are standing up and are speaking up because they're out there, friends. Yep. They're out there. Uh, your pastor, your your church may, may not want to do that, but there are churches who are. And that's exactly what we need in this day and time. We need Pastors and churches with a backbone who, yes. who, 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 like the sons of Issachar, it says in the scriptures, understood the times in which they lived and knew what needed to be done. It's not time to apologize to those who are perpetrating evil upon this nation. It's time to stand up and identify that evil for what it is. Now, people are are uh, confused sexually. They don't understand who they are anymore. Well, guess what? That's not an accident. Why do you think that has come on 90 miles an hour in this day and age with everything else you think that's a coincidence? That's no coincidence. These things have been planned and they are rolling it out. Are you going to be steamrolled or are you going to stand up and put a stop to it as you can where you're at? That's the question today, isn't it, Jim? It is.
2: Yes. We have to be vigilant.
1: Uh, we have to be a prophetic. We have to be a prophetic voice and a prophetic
2: presence, as I said earlier. And uh, and that means you've got to act out what you believe. Uh, yes. And it's, it's, it's not going to be easy, but we don't want to rob God of the opportunity to show himself strong on our behalf. He yes. just asks us to be faithful. That's right.
1: Amen. Amen. So you can reach out to, to Jim uh, Compass um, dot com is, is the website. Um, Jim, I really appreciate you and the work that you're doing and and your insights and and all that you shared with us today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be with you. Amen. Well, friends, that's all we have for you today on this edition of WCN-TV. Please share this on your platforms and uh, with your friends and family and get the word out and support organizations like Compass Care. They need your help. God bless you guys. We'll see you next time.